On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we talk about Kendall Hinton. Dika, how tall do you think Kendall Hinton is? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to say 6'1", 215. He is six foot one ninety five. So there you go. The Broncos <sighs> had to stoop to someone that DK didn't even know his measurables. We also talk about Tyreek Hill's first quarter, Derrick Henry's first half, and Austin Eckler's first game back. And we get our first. Wow! What a wow! <laughs> we get good. a voice crack from me in this <laughs> intro, and our first surprise burn notice with why Kyler Murray might disappoint you in the playoffs. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz. Danny Kelly and Craig Korlbeck have been ruled inactive, so I'm here with Kendall Hitton. Kendall, how are you doing? <laughs> they couldn't have called me third-string quarterback for the Chargers? Yeah, no, you were ruled out. You should have been wearing your mask in the meeting room, dude. Unbelievable. Can we all agree that that game was more fun in theory than it was in actual practice? It was just... Everybody was like, can't wait. I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to the chaos, but it definitely did not like live up to anything. I, I do have some <laughs> thoughts about Kendall Hinton and, and the Broncos offense in general. Go on. I think he should have thrown way more. <laughs> yeah. He threw it nine. Like, they couldn't have schemed that up. Like, all of his throws, he was, like, rolling out. He got hit as he threw, like... Why couldn't he have just done way more screen passes and like quick yeah. slants and like a couple well, deep shots? Run like run like the Madden all go and he just like chucks some balls down. So field. here's I don't the know. thing, DK, from a football perspective, in case everyone doesn't know, the Chargers third string quarterback is a lie. Craig's not actually the third string quarterback. He's just a <laughs> random dude. And DK, do you think that the gap between Craig and Kendall Hinton is bigger than the gap between Kendall Hinton and like the average NFL quarterback? I honestly think Hinton was more competent than I thought he would be, which obviously it's a very low bar. Um, so I would say the gap between Craig and Hinton is probably pretty huge. I only ask that because to, to your point, Craig, like it's not just like this guy had to play. He found out at like noon on Saturday. Like they didn't even yeah. get to practice. They didn't get to run any routes. Like he just met with Pat Shermer, their offensive coordinator, and was like, "All right, you know, let, let's see what you're even comp competent enough to do." They took what twenty or thirty plays, which is like ten percent of an offense. And just you can't just do that. All right, so the other day, Ryan Day, who also tested positive this week, the head coach at Ohio State, said they don't run a play unless the quarterbacks practice it 100 times. They don't put it in the game. <laughs> just to give you an idea of like how practice works. This is as close as you're going to get in the NFL to some guy just suiting up and starting at quarterback. A social experiment was what this was. <laughs> this is just like, what if we put someone 
who has not done any practice into the highest level of the hardest sport because football, there's a reason football players practice five times more than they play. This isn't the NBA. This isn't other sports. Like Everything needs to be practiced over and over. And the quarterback is supposed to understand everyone else's jobs. You can't just do the quick hitch because there's a thousand details in there that they haven't even discussed. I, I mean, you know, I mean, in a way it's like, yeah, to DK, the one completion versus two picks. And honestly, there were also two other balls that were almost picked. It was just, it was, it was, I felt like it was going to be a performance art thing. Like this was going to be so bad, but in a funny way, like that, what's that Tommy Wiseau movie, like the room where people make fun of it and it has a cult right, following right. and then Kevin Clark will write an oral history of this like 10 years later. No, it wasn't funny at all. It was just really sad. And it just, it was just depressing of like, what are we watching? And maybe wonder I don't why. Know. I, like I just this. don't know why they didn't go full Madden with it. Like I, I guarantee you, he can just like chuck a deep ball, like send Jerry Judy deep four times and just like throw him deep balls. Why can't you do that? He, any quarterback <laughs> can do that. I don't know, man. It's not Madden. I think that, that was just like, I, well, like literally, I don't know why more screen passes, more deep balls. Why it can't would get you do picked that? Off. Did you see all those deep balls? They were just the, the, he went one for nine for 14 yards. It couldn't <laughs> get any worse. Just might as well try some shit. I don't know. The bottom line is though, for people who are hoping for the ceiling or like the Taysom Hillness, I guess, of this, of this start for Hinton, it's the opportunity. This is what we talked about all last week with Taysom Hill is like the opportunity to start a quarterback at the receiver position. He was listed as a receiver on Yahoo. It, it wasn't, you could start him at receiver on Yahoo or Flex. And so um, I know a lot of people did that hoping for kind of like, oh, maybe he's going to rush the ball for whatever, two touchdowns like we saw with Taysom Hill. No, he actually ended up with negative points on, <laughs> in half PBR. So first off, sorry to anybody that ended up starting him. I know that like, it was really, I, honestly, it was really tempting to do because it's like, Embrace 2020. This is like, this is what we're doing here. Um, How many quarterbacks do you guys think you would not start as your flex spot in the NFL that are current starting quarterbacks? Would you start Sam Darnold over your normal flex? No, I would. That, that was, that was my like Mendoza line. I'm like, uh, I don't think I would start Darnold. I mean, it's no, I think you'd probably start 32. I mean, even Mike Lennon, you're probably putting it flex because they could have a good day. I mean that that yeah. is you're describing start super every flex. Single you're describing super flex leagues where yeah. it's like I don't know what the actual number is, but you're at a massive disadvantage if you're only starting one quarterback. <laughs> so um yeah. Here's the thing though, this Broncos game is just one of the insanity. The other thing, which is not resolved yet, an ongoing phenomenon is this Raven Steelers game, which might just last it might outlast us and our lives and our corporeal <laughs> bodies. It might la outlast the United States of America. This will just keep going and going and going and postpone forever. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. By the time you're listening to it, it might have been played. It might have been canceled, postponed. No idea. This was supposed to be the marquee matchup on Thanksgiving Day, postponed to yep. Sunday, re-rescheduled till Tuesday. It's just going and going. And the Ravens, as of this moment, have more than 20 players on the COVID list, including Lamar Jackson, who was tested positive. I think ex like half of their 22 starters have tested positive, including like seven pro bowlers or something. So... I mean, this is just absurd. And then you take away all that. The Niners are the Niners are stadiumless. Like the mm -hmm. Niners got booted yeah. by Santa Clara County for a few weeks. So they have two of their next three games are home games. So they're gonna have to play them in Arizona, which is a division rival. So get away from the absurdity of playing your home games at your division rival stadium. The players on the team might not be able to see their families for like five to six weeks. Jay Glazer said that on Fox. That's crazy, mm -hmm. especially considering the time of year it is. The This is just nuts to the point that all this Corona stuff, 
is completely overshadowing the real football news. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. Patricia got fired. Bob Quinn got fired in Detroit. Dave Caldwell, the GM for the Jags, got fired. You've got Jalen Hurts is apparently going to be spelling Carson Wentz at quarterback. Like he's going to Carson Wentz going to come off the field. This dude got like a hundred and twenty million dollar contract like one or two years ago. I don't even remember. Is getting just benched for the second rounder occasionally. I mean, the amount of stuff going on is astonishing, but it's more crazy that this is just completely enveloped following the league. I feel like following the NFL is now doom scrolling, especially keeping up with your fantasy team. Like, is this exhausting <laughs> to you guys? Yeah, it's like way too much information to keep up. Not to mention the fact that the NFL itself, just the teams are just very hard to predict at this point. It's like every week it feels like there's a few teams that are just Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what to make of them. The Falcons, for instance, are good now, apparently. I don't understand what's going on with the Raiders. The Falcons-Raiders game was the most bizarre game of 2020. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. The Raiders, the last two weeks, put up 30 against Denver and Kansas City. They also look like the only team in the league that could beat Kansas City because they did and yeah. almost did a second time. And last week, the Falcons played the Saints. They put up nine points. They looked like crap. Yeah. They come into this game with no Julio, with no Todd Gurley, and lay 43 points on the Raiders and only let up six points. I have no idea. No one could have <laughs> predicted that. I have, it's, we have no idea what's going on. We, yeah. This is all random. Explain to me the Buccaneers too, while you're at it. Like, what do we make of the Buccaneers? I just think overall this, this season, you know, when you step back a little bit and just look at the absurdity of everything that has happened this season, I, it, it just makes, it, it makes my mind race. I don't even know how to like process any of it. So um, that's where we are in the NFL. And I think that kind of just gives you the flavor of this season from a fantasy point of view. I mean, you know, I had multiple leagues this week where I actually, and, and I like, I, I'm a fantasy foot. I do this for a living. I messed up my fantasy football backup options because there was just so much information happening. Like <laughs> information I, I overload. Said, I, I, like I have like all these backup options for the Steelers game that's like may or may not happen, and I screwed those up. I started some players that were sitting. Like it was just, I mean, that's just like where we are this season. It's like I had multiple players that weren't even playing this week. I started Dondre Swift in one league. I started Galladay in one league. Like what are we doing? I just I, like I've lost it. I just want to give a shout out to all the commissioners who have to field all these bullshit text messages from everyone they're with and like just being like, Seriously? dude, I've, I've, I've Juju Smith-Schuster like, but can I designate a backup? And like, they didn't sign up for this. This is like those election people who were like the polling <laughs> and the auditors who are having people like booing and riot and like they were protesting them outside their offices and getting heckled and like yeah. stalked. And they're like, I didn't sign up for this. I just wanted to count the votes as a, as a patriotic duty. These commissioners just are getting heckled. And you know what? I salute you if you're doing this and you're probably yeah, doing a shout good job. Out, shout out to the commissions. It's like Bruce Almighty when like he starts hearing <laughs> all the emails in his head and he's like, oh my God, all the wishes come yes. in his emails and thoughts. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. The, so, so yeah. Also, I called them wishes just now. I believe they're called prayers, <laughs> yes. but I called them wishes. That's a good point. So the this do you guys have any Steelers Ravens the things that you're personally like invested in and you're just sort of like really mad this game keeps getting postponed and what should people I do? I think the Steelers are kind of getting screwed. Forget the teams. What happens to us if we're waiting on these guys and the game gets canceled? Forget the teams. Well, I have a friend who's in first place in my league and he has four starting Steelers. So I guess he just, <laughs> just is going to lose. Completely. I don't know how that goes. I don't know what you do as a commissioner. What do you say? Like, sorry? I hope you designated lost. backups because this is I mean, insane. the game, yeah, again, it's Monday afternoon. The game may still happen. We don't know yet. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. You just have to slot in designated backup points. So, yeah. okay. So this is just 
completely random and unpredictable and we're just on a rocks floating through the gutter of outer space and just, you know, I just, just Speaking of enjoy the ride. Though, I mean, this week's top scores were crazy. There were such high highs this week. I mean, this was the biggest explosion we've had all season, right? This was absolutely insane. So I'll just run through the top scores right here. So it's Deshaun Watson was the highest scoring QB. Mahomes was second. Kirk Cousins was third. The last time they'll ever be, the three of them will be in a group together. And then Derek Henry was the highest scoring running back. Antonio Gibson, because DK just yeah. keeps stomping on me, was three, the second highest scoring CDs. running back. Hell and yeah. then Nick Chubb and Latavius Murray combined for the third high scoring running back. Receiver, it was Tyree Kill, which, oh my God, we'll get to that. Will Fuller, mm. let's go. And then Jarvis Landry, the top three receivers. Tight end, Robert Tunyon. Yeah, Jarvis, oh my God. Robert Tunyon, Craig, shout out, who predicted he'd be top five. Evan Engram, a tight end two. Gronk, tight end three. And then defense, just hilarious. Falcons were the number one defense by a lot. They sure, were rostered in 2% of ESPN leagues, which is hilarious. And then the Panthers were two, and Washington was three. Craig, you picked Robert Tunyon. So who's your winner of the week? You get to skip DK this week. Oh, wow. What an honor. My winner of the week is the 49ers offense, man. I mean, kind of felt left for dead the last few weeks. They've had oh, yeah. so many injuries. And we we kind of talked about them in our trade deadline episode about like who to snag if you can. Raheem Mostert being one of them. And then we even talked about like, you know, if Debo Samuel was on the waiver wire, add him while he's hurt. Basically, they came back. They looked pretty good. They beat a Rams defense that has been probably the best in the league, especially in yeah. the second half. Since week three, the Rams have averaged giving up four points per second half. And uh, the Niners put up 16 against them. Debo looked great. He came back from a, a hamstring injury. He had 11 catches, 134 yards. Mostert. Handled the bulk of the carries, had a touchdown. Jeff Wilson Jr. was back, had 12 carries. And the Niners next four weeks, man, they got the Bills, Washington, the Cowboys, and the Cardinals. Like, it's a pretty good lineup mm. here. And it doesn't look like the Niners are are dead yet in the NFC West. So I really like the Niners, even with Nick Mullins. Debo looked good, man. I think he, he said Debo really for a second. I was like, no, he didn't. He should have <laughs> played for the Broncos. He should have. But the... <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is just so amazing to me as a coach, especially because they showed this funny graphic during the game that was like the Niners have twenty five have had twenty five guys on IR at some point, and they've missed mm. a total. They've players missed a total of one hundred and seventy one games combined, both of which are the most of the NFL. I was like, Jeez. holy crap, that is so much. Like you get lost in the Titans stuff and the Ravens stuff of these outbreaks, but the Niners just des and also all of their best and most important players, all of the injuries. It was not just like right. random dudes. It's Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, Garoppolo, Mostert, Debo, Debo like just everyone, yeah. not to mention Emmanuel Sanders. George left, like, Kittle. George Kittle. Like all their best players are the guys in that 171. And like they're out there whipping the Rams, just crushing them. And I like, I know the like I I was really impressed. The fact that they even were even up that much was so impressive. Mm -hmm. But man, can you imagine this offense with all of its actual players? Like Debo, I think we've, I, I kind of have forgotten how good Debo is, I think, just because it, it seems like it's been a while since we've seen full speed, full health Debo, and he just looked freaking untackleable. Yeah, he has AJ Brown vibes. Yeah, for sure. And then add in Moster, who I think is still kind of coming back. He, he played, you know, they played in a pretty strong rotation, but like Moster put in Brandon Ayuk, who's really flashed this year, obviously Kittle. I don't even really care about the quarterback situation, honestly, like Mullins versus Garoppolo. Garoppolo is probably better, but like, yeah, but man, with, with all their weapons, this offense with the Shanahan scheme, that is going to be so much fun to watch when, they, it, well, I don't know if they'll even happen this year, but like, man, 
it's easy to it's easy to it's easy to forget that this team was in the Super Bowl last year. Like this is a good offense. It's like a different team, but they're yeah. the same. All right, Dika, who's your winner of the week? My winner is kind of like along the same lines as Craig's. It's basically players that came back from long absences from injury, and I'm going to use Austin Eckler as the headliner here because Eckler looked awesome. Um, coming into the week, there was reports that he might just kind of like get eased in, but he ended up playing career high in snaps this week, 60 snaps. He had a career high in touches, 14 rushes, eleven, uh, 14 rushes plus 11 catches for 85 yards. He had 18 and a half half PPR points. He was back to the old Austin Eckler that we know and love. Looked explosive, looked really dynamic. Um, and I mean, he he was like the guy in the Chargers offense. Like he led the Chargers in rushing attempts, rushing yards, targets, receptions, and receiving yards. Um, it, the the return of Eckler actually kind of hurts my Keenan Allen prediction from a couple of weeks ago because now he's just like getting peppered with targets, and that kind of takes away from Keenan Allen. But the bottom line is, if if you had Eckler on your IR and you kind of survived long enough to get him back. Like this guy to me looks like a potential league winner for you because, um, you know, again, like if you're going to make the playoffs without him and and then have him added into your team, like now, man, that just makes some teams really, really dangerous. And going forward, the schedule for the, for the uh, chargers is not too shabby. New England, Atlanta, Atlanta, I guess is like better than we thought, but still, are they the worst uh, defense in the league or the best? I can't tell. (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, New England, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Denver, and Casey is the is the stretch run for the Chargers. And so I think Eckler especially is kind of script-proof in terms of whether they're behind or ahead because he's either going to be rushing it or, or catching a lot of passes or both. So, yeah, I loved Eckler. Add in guys like Debo, Mostert. Mohamed Sanu even kind of came out of nowhere. Lazard had a touchdown this week. Guys coming off an injury had a really strong week. So you said Eckler had a career high in touches. That's what I saw, yeah. How many touches. people do you think have ever come off injured reserve and had a career high in touches? Well, I actually wanted to talk about this. Is this bad coaching to do this? <laughs> I'm, I'm like stunned <laughs> by that fact. Like, it's like why? why? Like, I don't know. Like, you Honestly, have like 17, you needed to give him 25 touches right off like a long extended hamstring injury. I'm not a doctor, yeah. but like it's not like <laughs> the Chargers doctors are doctors either. So like, I'm not really. I don't know what the deal is. Like. This feel like I don't mean to belittle anything, but at the same time, the, from the staff that brought you, we stabbed our starting quarterback in the chest. Comes we're giving our like second best offensive player a career heavy workload off of like injured reserve. Like I don't know. Not a lot of people are praising Anthony Lynn for his coaching skills this week after that just clusterfuck of a coaching decisions in this game. Um, I will say yeah. I want to touch on one more thing about this Eckler point. Is Eckler bad news for Justin Herbert? Two of Justin Herbert's, the two worst fantasy point scoring Herbert games have been with Eckler healthy. And do you think it's because he's, he's just checking down, down City now? I don't know. I need, I need, I need a bigger sample. No, this is a great, this is a cutting edge fantasy narrative from Craig. Cause Craig, cause now Herbert's going to decline and everyone's going to say it's like the league catching up to him. And Craig's like, no, it's Austin Eckler's the problem. Take away the checkdowns. You need running backs who can't catch. Well, there you go. Craig's ahead of the curve. I'm just saying he had like his lowest air yards of the season last week. I don't know. Something to be something to monitor. That is something to watch. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. 
And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The other one I'm going to add, and this is obvious because we have to talk about this without like moving on, is Tyreek Hill just had an absolutely ridiculous game. Obvious winner for the week. Um, Did he? I didn't see what happened. He had a Dude. Clay Thompson third quarter performance. That was a he Clay had, Thompson quarter. That's a he had two hundred yard, two hundred plus yards in the first quarter, the most since two thousand six, the most in like fourteen years. Thir- he ended up with thirteen catches, two hundred and sixty nine yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the first receiver, he became the first receiver to break a thousand yards this season in the game, which is kind of hilarious considering he came into the day with 750. Well, Roland kept joking about him having a thousand in the game. So at one point, actually, I looked at the end of the first quarter, he was on pace for more than 800 yards, which is just funny. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but it's hilarious to think about because basically they played him like in man and they were like, yeah, there's the single high safety will get to him. And then they didn't. And Mm. I mean, you just it's one of those moments where you check your fantasy cast or whatever thing you're using on your phone and it looks broken because he's like the number one <laughs> right. scorer in the whole league and it's like there's like 45 minutes left in this game dude he almost he almost had outscored Derrick Henry in the first like 6 minutes of the game or something ridiculous it was it was crazy he ended up with 57 Point nine PPR points. So 58. And that is the third, mo- I, I think this is the third most of any player since 96. The most ever for, for reference. Jerry Rice in 1990 caught 13 passes for 225 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> Usually I would say that was like before the internet. So like it doesn't count for fantasy football, but then Bill Simmons right. gets very mad when I say that. But as far as I'm concerned, fantasy football doesn't count in 1996. If you think about the the Tyree Kill quarter and the Clay Thompson quarter when he scored thirty seven, <laughs> that's a very good point. I uh, I think it makes me really appreciate what Clay did more because this seems <laughs> way easier. Like what? I mean, <laughs> what Tyreek did is way easier than what Clay did. It's not even close. Tyreek essentially just ran three routes, caught the ball each time, and scored a touchdown. Yeah, I guess that's true. Clay had like eight threes in eight minutes. Well, didn't he have more th- made threes than dribbles in that quarter? Yeah. Some, See, that, that's like that. true. Oh I actually God. agree with you because at the end of the day, it's like really what happened was the Bucks were like, we're going to play this defense that doesn't treat Tyreek Hill like the fastest player in the NFL. And the Chiefs like, he were like... Run those, he, he runs those routes every game anyway. They just happened to... He just happened to be targeted and he caught all yeah, of them. Yeah, the Chiefs like, were just like, holy crap, they're just going to keep doing this? And they just kept yeah, throwing like, it. It's kind of like a high school game where like... You ever been in one of those high school games where they just run the same play like 11 times in a row get six yeah, yards totally. a clip and just keep and then score a touchdown it was kind of like that but the whole first quarter until Todd Bowles adjusted but I just want to shout out my winner is just blowouts in general because the Chiefs first quarter was a blowout the game didn't end up being a blowout but that looked like it was going to be 35 to it looked like it was going to be the Saints game all over again for a little bit so Tyree Kill was like started like a blowout Derek Henry where like he had three touchdowns in the first half and then the Titans were up 35 to 14. Like that game was over as soon as it started almost. Mm-hmm. And then the Thanksgiving games were just blowouts. I couldn't believe it. Like if you looked at the props and the games, the odds to like any like the any of these teams to score 40 points is like eight to one, nine to one. The freaking Washington got to 40 points because Gibson had two touchdowns. And then they had this insane sequence where I mean they just 
The, the Cowboys went for this fake punt that was awful, got stopped, and the next play, Gibson just ran in for the third touchdown, which was just this funny icing on the cake <laughs> when the game was already over. And then Will Fuller and Watson had this like fake like trick play that was also Double ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, just to get him another touchdown when they were already up like 20 points. And then Allen Robinson last night caught a touchdown when the game was just so freaking over in the fourth, or I can't remember, the fourth, third quarter. I mean, that game was over at halftime. And if you just look at the top scores, the amount of touchdowns that were just scored in garbage time was hilarious. Allen Robinson, I just saw this from Rich Rebar. Allen, Allen Robinson has the most fantasy points in the fourth quarter among all non-quarterbacks, which I find is funny. <laughs> just the, the Bears are the king. Perfectly of in line with the, what, what Craig has talked about all season long. Talk about bad body language. No one's ever been less, no one's cared less <laughs> about scoring two touchdowns than Allen Robinson. He literally couldn't give a shit. He was liking a whole bunch of fans' uh, tweets saying that he should leave Chicago after the game, by the Dude, way. Dude, he should be <laughs> he tweeting should. it himself. No, I will say, though, the Tyree Kill thing, I mean, we talked so much about the Tyler Lockett explosion the, like the other month. Tyree Kill did that in like the first quarter. I I, yeah. I have to say, I, I don't want to, I cannot leave this conversation with Craig being like, oh yeah, Craig, Clay Thompson's was easier. It that was, was one of insane. the biggest games ever. 203 yards in like 13 and a half minutes. So let me check. He, he must be the wide receiver one by far, right? Yeah, by yeah. like 20 points. He's a wide receiver one by like the wide receiver 10 is the gap between him and the next He's person. the wide receiver one by 35 points. <laughs> That's like a Will <laughs> Fuller. Anyway. That's pretty good. Absolutely insane game. Okay. Burn book time. So yet again, I don't know if it's just the fact that we're heading into the, like the latter half of the season, but I feel like we already know who we're burned by, but I, DK should get a couple minutes to talk about Jarvis Landry, who we just added last oh week. God. Yeah, I think it's freaking hilarious that I threw him in just because <sighs> I was like, I'm sick of thinking about him. I'm sick of having him be a person I'm making a decision on, like about starting him. I sat him in all my leagues this week. I, sa I started some pretty bad players over Jarvis Landry, and he lived up to the burn book status by just absolutely going bonkers and going off this week. Uh, let's see here. He had... He had two catches for 23 yards last week. Comes out here this week. <laughs> eight catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. And he looked awesome. I mean, like, I like Jarvis Landry as a player. Like, he's a really good player. And I think he's had issues a lot with this week or this season with injuries. He hasn't been fully healthy. The last, like, month of Browns games have just been hurricane games. Yeah. <laughs> so that's obviously hurt him. Um, so anyways, I just think it's hilarious that I randomly threw him in the burn book last week and then he totally just goes off this week. I think that's actually kind of perfect. That's like the perfect representation of the burn book because now I'm going to start him in a bunch of leagues this, this week and, and he's going to have two catches for 23 yards next week. Don't forget Jonathan Taylor coming off his best game then landing on the COVID list. That's yeah, also just... I have to say, so there's something that we haven't burned yet, which is kind of amazing. We haven't burned the Rona. I feel like we should really put Rona in the burn book. Yeah, that goes without saying, though, I feel like. Yeah, we're burning Rona. Yeah, we're burning Rona. Because the conversations that I had, like, you know, like, people text you and ask you for advice or people, whatever. And the, the questions I got this week were just stranger than anything. It's like, should I play Alvin Kamara <laughs> and Latavius Murray? Because the Saints will be up so much at halftime because the Broncos don't have a quarterback that Murray will get all the second half carries. And I'm just like, like the, I just had different football thoughts. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. This is annoying. So I'm burning Rona. <laughs> Yeah. I want to put somebody on burn notice. Yeah. Really tentatively on burn notice. I think Kyler Murray could potentially <laughs> murder your fantasy team this year. This is a very interesting one because <laughs> and, and we were talking about this during the games yesterday. 
Um, and I mean, this is out there. This is not like a, a mysterious thing or anything, but it feels like he's hiding an uh, injury. He's got that shoulder thing and it's affecting the way he's playing, right? Kingsbury's basically, no one's acknowledging it. They're basically saying like, he's at full strength. We wouldn't be playing him if he wasn't. He denied, yeah, he denied it. But he's not running. Like the first run of the game, I don't know if you saw it, he like scrambled left and somebody went to hit him and he backed up like five yards and just ran out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I The game before that, he had his the least amount of rushing yards he's had all season. I think he had like 10 yards on three carries. He's not running inside the red zone. He's giving every ball to Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake. But the thing is, is you're not going to not start Kyler Murray. They play the Rams next week. They play the Giants the week after that. I think there's a chance that Kyler could tank your fantasy team. This is a great take. I'm honestly, I'm He's, jealous yeah. of this because no, I, I mean, I think we talked to this a couple of weeks ago where it's, it's insane to criticize the guy. Cause he's like the number one fantasy quarterback or did Mahomes topple him this week? I don't even know, but I can check probably, but the, he's so been so good for you. And he had the hail Mary, which is like one of the most untouchable plays I've ever seen. So it's hard to explain. He's just not been that good of a passer this year, which feels insane to say, but it's kind of true. And that's, I don't know. I, I feel like the perception of him has so gotten kind of far from like where he's at that I agree that it's just, it's not necessarily his fault. I think you're right about the potential for an injury. I mean, he's had his two lowest scoring outputs in the last two weeks. But at the same time, what are you going to do? Bench him? That's the thing. That's why he'll burn you. Yeah, That's why right. it hurts. All right, so, he's got right, the like Rams this. next week. He's got the Giants. And the Giants' defense has been playing all right. So he's got Craig two just tough defenses that. coming up. I just <laughs> want to say Craig say just said that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I had to say. <laughs> I have a voice. Sorry, I was reading. I was reading when you were I talking. Was I apologize. scrolling Instagram. Okay, let's move on. Waiver wire time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, playoff time. This is... I mean, in many leagues, either playoff start or I think most, this is the last week of the regular season and then the playoffs begin. So this is very important. Scary. Mm-hmm. Scary. Injuries. Daniel Jones. My God, this was terrible. Had a, ha- I mean, just for me personally, but the, he had a hamstring injury. It, Ian Rappaport tweeted that he has an outside chance to play. There's some conflicting reports. A lot of conflicting reports. The reality is I don't think they know. So I, I would definitely bank on injury. having another option, but the reality is I think it affects the other giant skill players more. The Evan Engrams, the Sterling Shepard, I think that, and Wayne Gallman had a good week. But so Daniel Jones' hamstring injury. Dalvin Cook had an ankle injury. He returned to the game, but it, it looked bad, and then it, he came back, so that's okay. Josh Jacobs also had an ankle sprain. He might be able to play this week. He might not. It's not clear either. Uh, Philip Lindsay with the Broncos, he had a knee injury, and then DJ Moore for the Panthers, he has a calf-slash-ankle injury. So with all that said, let's go position by position here. Uh, streams and stashes. The Bucks and Panthers are on by this week for the record. So DK, what are the running backs you're looking at to pick up on, on waivers? So there's a few this week that actually are pretty interesting. Cam Akers, I think, is probably at the top of the list. He had 84 it's yards finally and a touchdown happening. this week. It, it might be happening, although I will say, like, he, it's not like he was totally dominating snaps or anything. It was a pretty, good, a pretty good rotation with him and Henderson this week. He did bust out like a 61-yard run, so that helped a lot. And then he got the goal line carry and got a touchdown. So it, it looks a lot stronger. That felt like a it, good job by McVay. Like, oh, good like good run. I'll let you stick in there for the red zone carries. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say he has been more efficient and more effective than Henderson. I, you know, So maybe that has that will lead to him having more carries down the stretch. I think he's worth a stash at the very least, that if they end up riding him down the stretch and he's a good player, he's a second rounder, they obviously had a big plan for him. It got derailed early in the season, but now now we'll see. So pick him up and you know see how it all goes. Uh, Savan Ahmed for the Dolphins is still rostered in only 39% of Yahoo League, so he's out there in a lot of leagues. He missed week 12 with a shoulder injury. 
And there's definitely some uncertainty going forward when Miles Gaskin can come back next week. If he will be this, it's, it's unclear who who will be the starter going forward. But I still think he's worth having like on the end of your bench just to see how it goes. Because when he's been the starter, he's been effective and and you know getting like a good 12, 14 points per game. So I like him. And then with Todd Gurley getting declared out relatively early this week. It was the Brian Hill and Ito Smith rotation in the backfield. Neither guy looked particularly great. Um, and it's actually pretty tough to figure out like which guy to pick up here. So I don't know. What do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of this one? Brian Hill Brian Hill ended up playing more snaps, but got way fewer points. Ito Smith got five targets and he had a touchdown, so he scored 15.5 fantasy points. Brian Hill only five. Ito Smith's line was kind of helped it was the 80 yards and a touchdown but it was kind of helped by like a 25 yard touchdown or something that really kind of inflated it and the thing with this game is that the falcons were up so much so early that you think that if they couldn't really get a lot of work in this one that it's a little concerning that they couldn't like run the ball for kind of more here but brian hill is the guy who improved a lot in training camp i would probably grab hill first but if you're in a deeper league i, I don't mind grabbing both but the reality is like uh, it's it's so hard to trust the Falcons for like more reasons than I can discuss here that I'd way rather have Cam Akers than either of these guys. Although I'd rather yeah. have both of these guys ahead of Salvan Ahmed for the Dolphins. Has there ever been a, a team that has a worse fantasy day that scores 43 points in the Falcons? The Falcons scored 43. Matt Ryan at 185 yards passing. No one had more than 65 yards rushing and no one in the leading receiver at 50 yards. How'd they score 43 points? The Raiders had like five turnovers. Yeah, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Like, no one on the Falcons even the played well. They scored 43 points. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Weird. Um, going down the list, Alexander Madison for the Vikings. We, we said it briefly. Dalvin Cook did leave the game, and it looked pretty bad. He, like, limped off the field and had to have help from two guys. But then, like, five minutes later, he's running around on the sideline. So, and he came yeah. back into the game. So, I don't know exactly what his situation is. Ankle injuries, I feel like sometimes you can run on them in the game when you got your adrenaline going and then like the next day the swelling comes and it gets a lot worse and then maybe you know have like a, t- a little bit of a setback so I think Madison that was what happened when I sprained my ankle playing beer pong when you were celebrating yeah I just the, the <laughs> adrenaline just kept me going and then I woke up so I, basically the same as Dalvin Cook no but I think yeah. Madison's a really keep important it raised. pickup if you have <laughs> Dalvin Cook raised. I think you 100% have to add Alexander Madison if you have not already do whatever it takes yes. I agree and I would spend if you have you know if you're doing the salary cap auction league i would spend most of your money on alexander madison if you have delvin cook and then from there a couple of like lower level guys royce freeman came in and played he looked decent you know coming in in relief of uh, Lindsay. if Lindsay misses time freeman's probably going to get some more carries i like again i'm probably not going to trust the broncos offense all that much even when they get their quarterback back but if you're desperate freeman's a guy that you can pick up this week and then anybody else Devontae booker on the raiders just in case um, Josh Jacobs can't play. And then one other thing I want to just toss out there is depending on how, you know, everything goes with COVID, I think you should add Benny Snell. One, James yeah. Conner's injury prone alone, like mm-hmm. even without the COVID stuff. But like Benny Snell, the one game where James Conner didn't play, got the bulk of the carries at like 20 touches and he's good. And like, I even think if you don't have James Conner, just in any scenario, if you can kind of like, if you have the room, I would just add Benny Snell just in case something happens in the next three, four weeks to James Conner. Yeah. I think, I think that that's because well, James Conner has Corona, right? Yeah. So, but I'm saying even reg- like even regardless so of that, like, let's tier these guys. So I think I'm going to throw. I think the top tier here is Cam Akers and Benny Snell and Devontae Booker. If Jacobs is out for Devontae Booker for the Raiders, mm-hmm. but I think it's 
so yeah, so it's Cam Akers, Devontae Booker, Madison, and Benny Snell. Madison specifically because if the either you have Dalvin Cook or the best team in your league is Dalvin Cook, either way, you probably want to have Alexander Madison in your team. But do you guys agree with that that's the top tier of those four guys? Yeah. And then the next tier yep. is Brian Hill slash Ito Smith, where you're kind of rolling the dice, to be honest. Ito Smith is faster. Brian Hill is kind of just a better all-around player, if that means anything for you. So you can kind of go game script. And then I actually would go, that's just the tier. And then third tier to me is Royce Freeman and Salvin Ahmed. I probably would have Ahmed in the second tier, but yeah, it's, and I would it's, say Royce it's kind of a mess at the bottom. It's a mess. There, Royce Freeman's yeah. at the bottom. Sorry, right. he's been at the bottom for his whole NFL career, so that's okay with Royce. All right, well, harsh dagger at Royce Freeman. I, you know what? <laughs> I have him in my dynasty league. It's a whole. I don't want to talk about it. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Receiver time. So there's a there's a few retreads on here. We've been talking about these guys for a few weeks, but people aren't picking them up quite as much as you think. Debo Samuel's still out there uh, in 45% of Yahoo League. So, you know, if, off chance he's still available in your league, he's absolutely the top priority this week, I would say. And then a couple other guys to think about. Alan Lazard, he did end up getting knocked out of the game briefly, but he was clear to come back. Um, he had four catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. I think Gabriel Davis for the Bills is an interesting pickup this week with uh, with John Brown injured and out for the foreseeable future. He came in and played 60 snaps, which is tied with Diggs for the most. He had three catches, 79, 79 yards, and a touchdown. The rookie's been pretty impressive. He's a bit boomer bust, clearly, but in this offense with Brown out, he could play a pretty big role. And then, again, like just some guys that we've been mentioning in the last couple of weeks, Sterling Shepard of the Giants is still out there. He's like a solid foreplay that will get you eight to 10 points every week, it feels like. And then Craig's guy, Denzel Mims, plus Brashad Perryman are, you know, good for a couple of chunk plays in every Jets games, it feels like. And so... Hi, Fitz, um, what's up, dude? Mims, yeah. yet again. How many points <laughs> do you have? How many yards do you have? 67. It's like 60... He gets three he catches does it like every for week. 60 He's like yards 65 every yards week. a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is a good flex play. Uh, dude, yeah. you're not going to get me with this. That, miss me? No. No. So Heifetz isn't going to add Mims, but Craig definitely is. I'm just not adding Jets players. Like, like it, you, you want to not be super biased against bad teams, except like the worst teams where you do want to be biased against them. Darnold just looks bad still. Did <laughs> learn one thing doing this podcast? It's don't have Adam Gase's players in your team. I don't know. Mims and Perriman kind of been all right. <laughs> yeah, they've been all right. There. I don't think they're the worst receiving core in the NFL. That's the starting point is the problem. That's where we have to begin the conversation. <laughs> That's a good point. But I'm just saying, I don't think they are. Speaking of players that are technically in the book, because we have Adam Gase in the burn book, T.Y. Hilton of the Colts, is he someone that you guys are willing to pick up or is he staying just on waivers? For we you? can only recommend him as an ad if we remove him from the burn book. <laughs> no, we're not recommending him as an ad so because no. anyone who's had T.Y. Right. Hilton this year is just so immeasurably angry with him that the thought of record uh, no imo all right 
anybody else? I, Colin Johnson for the Jaguars is like a, a deeper league potential stash for for people out there because if DJ Chark and Conley miss time, he could potentially continue to see a lot of targets. He led the Jags in targets and yards this this week with eight for ninety six. He's a big target. He was like a big uh, preseason star. And there's this sort of backup connection narrative working at play right now with Mike Glennon passing it to Colin Johnson, like the two guys on the scout team that like are oh, familiar I love with that each stuff. other. I think that's super real. <laughs> I think that's very so, real. So this is, this is contingent upon Chark and Conley missing time because otherwise I don't think Johnson's going to play a whole lot. But um, honestly, he's been pretty impressive to me. It, it, this is definitely a deeply deep cut type guy. Okay, so... We can get to the deep cuts in a second, but what are, what's the top tier of ads here? <laughs> Debo is obviously Debo. number one. If he's available in your league, obviously. But if Debo's not, who who are we picking up here? Who's the priority? I think you got to go Lazard too, right? Yeah. I would put Lazard and Gabe Davis. I would put Davis up there in the short term. Sterling Shepard is tough if Colt McCoy's playing. Colt McCoy looked bad for the Giants. Like, he looked real bad. I don't want Sterling Shepard in my lineup if Colt McCoy's playing. I would say Lazard, Gabriel Davis... And you got to do it, dude. You just put, you got to put a jet in there and oh Mims and Perryman. Honestly, dude, <laughs> I was instead of, so instead of Mims, I guess I should propose a solution instead of just pointing out a problem. Jacoby Myers, who is Cole Beasley East. He's just Cole Beasley in New England. Like he's going to get you like 10 or 11 points a game. The East. difference is Cole Beasley is plays for the bills. But you know, <laughs> the Pate is more East of Buffalo. Buffalo's like you west picked of the New one. England. Like that, the next East city is Buffalo. Easter, and all- except, well, that's a holiday. But like, he's more east of. I'm Buffalo. just saying, like that isn't the category you should have gone with. Like two teams in the of, northeast. Yeah, I just thought of a geography. I don't know, man. I didn't put too much thought into it. I just said east. I don't know. You you could have picked. I don't know a different thing. Colby'sley, New England. I just, <laughs> just I don't know. Not location, which is like not the strongest choice there. But okay, you sorry. know what? The point is that I'd rather have Jacoby Myers and Denzel Mims. And if you want to do some obscure bet about Joe Kobe Myers rest of the season over Denzel Mims, I'd be happy. Well, you to want to talk so. about who looks bad at passing? We talk about Sam Darnold. How about our boy Cam Newton? Cam Newton looks like one of the worst throwers in the NFL. Except when he's throwing to Jacoby Myers. They have a special, <laughs> special connection. All right. One other kind of like dart throw if you're really struggling is um, Darnell Mooney with Trubisky. He had 11 <laughs> targets for 155 Wait, air you, yards last You're throwing week? darts or is Trubisky throwing darts? Well, I guess darts is a uh, Both. Yeah. Yes to both. D, all of the above. Can we talk about Craig's Craig's analogy on the two Buffalo or and the two Chicago quarterbacks from last night? Craig, give us give us the difference between Foles and Trubisky. Yeah, I said that Mitch Trubisky is like having a a puppy, and Nick Foles <laughs> is like having a thirteen year old golden retriever. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't know Make why, but it just this makes so much sense in my head. I have I have a very old dog right now who's just decided that shitting in the house is fine. She just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> That's when Nick Foles like decided several on days, several times a day. I'm just like, oh, there's shit in the house. But then puppies are no better, really, because they're they're having accidents all the time. They're just more high energy, a little quicker. They're both shitting in the house, but for very different reasons. The right. difference is the old dog has earned its keep, <laughs> and you respect it because you remember what it's done and what it used to be. And it has earned the right. right to shit in the house. Whereas the puppy, it's like, you better not think that this is what it's going to be like. Like, it, this is yeah. not okay. And you're going to have like, to learn Like, maybe one that. or two is okay. One but or like, two, but after it's like, a couple years. It's been two years of shit in the house. And you start to dawn <laughs> on you, like, what if it never changes? Like, you just thought, oh, yeah, it would come. And then you're like, one day, like, oh, my God. Like, Mitchell Trubisky's still shitting in the, in the house. 
This so. might be recency bias, and this is probably going to be like a terrible take. But despite Mitchell Trubisky's just awful game, I honestly felt like the Bears' offense was better with him under under center. I think the only difference, the only difference is that Trubisky can move. It's kind of like when they honestly. It's not that different than when Foles was replaced by Gardner Minshew, where the Bears and Jaguars both had a pretty bad offensive line, and then Minshew could just move. So, like, there were the plays just lasted longer, and more shit could happen. Mm-hmm. Right. The That's difference is that Minshew is still looking downfield and trying to do stuff, and but he's kind of careful with the ball. And Trubisky just bless his heart. I don't think he sees the board. He can't it's read the defense. most polite way. I'll say it. I I, I just. Foles and Matt Ryan have to lead the league in like third and 11 sacks that they just take on a four-man <laughs> rush. And it's just so brutal. It's just demoralizing. Yeah. Okay. Let's just... So, okay. So, pick up... Uh, fine. Pick up the Jets. Jesus. Whatever you want to do. Tight ends real quick. Again, wasteland where you're just throwing a dart. Speaking of throwing darts, you're throwing a dart, hoping to get a touchdown. Only guy... Trey Burton, Colts. I feel like that's the only pickup okay. here. And I, I hate doing this because I just just keep missing on I just keep whacking a mole on these Colts tight ends. But Trey Burton is seems <laughs> to be the most consistent one. I, like, you know, he has the, five touchdowns. Yeah, well, he was involved in the Philly special when Frank Reich, who's the Colts head coach now, is the offense coordinator mm-hmm. for the Eagles. And I think that the history there has, has has translated to the Colts. And they just use him a lot. And Frank like Frank Reich loves to use tight ends. Just loves to use tight ends in his offense. It's been kind of whack a mole, but he's been good. Only like the last three weeks, Trey Burton has been the tight end seven, which is as good as it's going to get. All right. <laughs> QB streamers. Yep. So what? Brady's on by. Bridgewater's on by. You got Philip Rivers is playing at, at Houston. Kirk Cousins is playing versus Jacksonville. Baker's going against the Titans. And then Fitz, Ryan Fitzmagic, if he plays for Tua, is going at Cincinnati. Which of those four would you want to stream if you had to stream one of them? I kind of like Cousins. I kind of like Cousins there. He's been on fire lately, it seems like. I think I would take Fitz. Well, th- with Thielen out, though, I guess maybe that's the big question. I would probably put Cousins on burn notice. I feel like he's going to get streamed this week, put up five points, and then we're going to burn him. Yeah, yeah, Cousins has been really flirty lately, just kind of tricking everybody into thinking he's... I would play Fitz. I would yeah, play Fitz. If Fitz plays for Tua, we don't know the deal yet, I would play him versus the Bengals. The Bengals looked awful. Me too. Devontae Parker, also, if people traded for him like we recommended, with Fitz, he's way yeah. better. He had like 130 yards this week. All right. You got a fun fact for us to send us out? Oh, you want me to do the fun fact now? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Word on okay. the streets, you got a fun fact. <laughs> I got it from TikTok. <laughs> did you really? God damn it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. Why is that bad? <laughs> Except I don't the know. New it's just hilarious. Ah, fine. You're right. Oh, my God. Maybe, I'm ha- maybe I hate you because I'm secretly jealous that you're more hip with the culture. Basically, the whole thing is about this. This fun fact is just about the the difference between a million and a billion, and how we don't give it enough respect. Like oh! I think we think they're way closer than they are. I think I know what you're gonna say. Do you? I think I saw this. All right. So there's basically there's two examples of how crazy large the difference is between a million and a billion. Here's the Wait, first is it, one. Is it about seconds? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I think I saw the same TikTok as you. <laughs> one million <laughs> seconds is eleven and a half weeks. Okay. One yeah. million okay. seconds is eleven and a half weeks. One billion seconds is 34 years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 1986. It's 1986. Is that real? Yeah. Did you fact check this? Yeah, I did. I would have said like, I don't know, three, four months or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's 11 and a half weeks versus 34.75 years. I, I First of all, I saw the same TikTok, which is amazing. I got another one. I got another one for you. Just This one I think is even crazier if you think about it. If somebody paid you $5,000 a day, 
for six and a half months, you'd be a millionaire. Mm. $5,000 a day for six and a half months. To be a billionaire, you'd have to get paid $5,000 a day for 547 years. <laughs> <laughs> this strengthens my belief that I'd rather be a billionaire than a millionaire. <laughs> That's what you needed? You didn't you have enough evidence of that? <laughs> that's crazy. That's unbelievable. That, that actually does blow my mind. I would, I would never have. No, that doesn't compute really. I, I just kind of think we just throw around like when someone's a billionaire, we're just like, oh yeah, so and so's a billionaire. You're like, oh, that's cool. You kind of think it's just like a little bit better than like a super millionaire, and it's like, no, it's it is way better. Literally incomprehensible. <laughs> Your brain was, did not evolve to do math. Like it's literally incomprehensible. And I have to say yeah. on that note that I actually have a hot take about this because we are. Because DK and I, you know, we write words on the internet. And I actually have a take about this. Part of the mm -hmm. reason that it's so hard to comprehend is that we write the word, because you write 100,000, you write out zeros. one zero zero right. comma three zeros. And then million, you write out the word million instead of the zeros. And then billions, just one letter difference. How are you supposed to process what you just said? 11 and a half weeks of seconds versus 34 years. I think you need to write <laughs> out the zeros. I think we need to start writing out billions. Right. Like you need to write, the, the Rams are, because you write, the thing that always got me was that Dak Prescott was paid $6 million to be the Cowboys quarterback for his first four years. But the Cowboys like went up in franchise value from like three to $5 billion. So Oh, he got paid six million, and in that time they went up two billion. It's like you can't comprehend. Like that's insane. That is an insane thing, but you can't really process. So I don't know. Bring the zeros back. That's what I'm saying. I like it. I'll talk to Craig Gaines about this. That's the copy chief. That's your counterpart. Bring the that's zeros your other back. Craig. Okay, bring the zeros back. <laughs> Except for Kendall Hinton. We're glad you got the one instead of zero completions. Okay, <laughs> Kendall Hinton. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. Uh, that joke was terrible, but Craig, thank you, Craig. <laughs> thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank Lauren. you, Lauren. Lauren, what yeah, would we do without you? We'll see you guys on Wednesday. DK didn't do a band. Oh, shit. DK, do the band. It's not too late. What's a good band? Dude, that's your job. Give me You one. gotta be locked and loaded with the band. Fuck, I forgot. Uh, shit. Thank you, Beyonce. Did I already say her? Oh, no, I don't think you did. Basic answer. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank All you, right, Beyonce. Cool. All right, goodbye, people listening. <laughs>